already. I put the links to the two podcasts where we talked about it. But I really want to take time to unpack. And this is discipleship time. So this is a time for us to ask questions, right? I'm not saying I have all the answers. It's just good to ask questions, right? And so, um, uh, so I guess I say all this to say you'll get the most out of this the more we converse and talk about it, right? So uh, we're going to do that. But I want to take some time and just walk through the 14 ministry gifts we identified as a church family. I want to unpack them to a degree. Uh, and again, just kind of explore and see what the scripture says, see what the spirit would say, uh, and kind of talk and again, field and answer any questions we may have. So again, I appreciate Audra putting this together for us. Uh, again, if you read at the top, I'm not going to do the reading for you because you all are intelligent people. You can read on your own, right? But every gift does have a general application and a specific application. I want to make sure we're highlighting that and you see that because Every believer can have a general aspect of each of these gifts present in their life. But there will be some of us who have a specific gifting or inclination in one or more of these areas. And that's what we're looking for. And I really want us to spend time not only here on Thursdays as the Spirit would lead, but you especially praying and asking God to help you know with certainty what you can sit there and say, yep, God has given me this gift. Here is my ministry gift because every believer has been given a gift of ministry. How many believers? Every. So are there any super dupers? No. No. There are no super dupers. All of us have been given something. We've been given a gift. And that gift is for the service of the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? All of the gifts, their focus is the gospel of Christ mm -hmm. and his message of his work and his person and his return. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. We all yeah. agree on that? Yes, absolutely. Okay, good. So last week we looked at the apostle. There's some questions you can ask yourself. The questions on the bottom are for you to answer on your own. This is just for you uh, to help you identify. Right, I tried to come up with some identifying things. Again, you can read those and answer those. As I said last week, as you discover or if you already know, please send me what you know about yourself. Send it to me do it in a text or in group me. I, I appreciate the couple that have done that. Mm. Uh, I appreciate it when the rest of you will do the same. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why is, is that as pastor, as one of your pastors, um, it's my privilege to help develop that gift in you. Uh, to help nurture that gift in you, to cultivate it, and to give it opportunity, right? Now, uh, I believe the Spirit speaks to me about you guys, and as he leads and guides, he gives me insight. But I also know, he says, as was already said, build relationship with each other, you don't have to wait, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't make it more spiritual if he tells me before you do. Right. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sometimes we paint that picture though, right? That it's yeah. somehow it's more, it's more special yeah. if I somehow mystically know by the voice of the Spirit, which is cool when he tells me those kind of things. But he also says, hey, build a relationship with each other and just talk to each Find other. Find out. Find out. And again, and don't be nervous. But what if I get it wrong? It's okay. We'll figure that out. Right? We'll figure out if it's not the right fit. It'll be like, again, it'll be like wearing a pair of shoes. They'll either fit you or they won't. It'll be like Cinderella. 
One of these is your glass slipper. One or more. Or more. Yeah, you may have more than one. But at least one of these is your glass slipper. We just got to find which one fits. Uh, you might be a shopaholic. Hey, and, and that's right. Well, don't lose your glasses. But Jesus doesn't mind if you try them all on. You know, he's not. You're not going to hurt his feelings if you stick your foot in a shoe and go, "Yeah, that ain't it." He's not going to be like, "Well, shame on you. You dirtied up my shoe." You're, you're not like the bowling on. He'll squirt it out and pass it to the right person. Amen. That's awesome. So with that, we talked. Uh, we talked last week about the gift of the apostle. Uh, and again, are we recording? Yes, sir. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be recording these just for our future uh, growth. So I'm going to put this in my pocket. There. And you just share with me. That's going to make me feel better. Um, so now let's talk about this one, the prophet. The gift of the prophet. Now it's interesting as, as we broke this out in our list, if you notice, and I had not seen this point before until I looked at the list. Prophets or prophecy is the only one of the gifts that actually shows up besides teacher in all three lists. Only prophet and teacher show up in all three. I found that very telling. I had not seen that before. And the reason why is, is whenever God repeats himself, pay attention. Whenever God starts pointing something out and it shows up in everything, it's not that the other ones, for example, helps only appears once. It's not that helps is lesser or less important. But when God repeats himself, he's saying, pay attention. You'll see this a lot. This will show up often. Mm. Does, does that make sense? And so we see that prophecy shows up in all three lists. So there's going to be a great smattering of prophecy that comes on. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to talk about tonight. And again, I'm just going to keep talking until somebody asks a question. And then we'll see where the rabbit trail goes. Does that make sense? Yes. Well, what's your question? Mercy. We're, we're going to get to that, to the mercy gift in general we talked about before. Would have as a practical definition, mercy would be an application of feeding the homeless. Caring for the needy, uh, helping refugees. You see a group of people or you see something going on and you want to have mercy on that group or that person. So a part of that could be that, right? But we'll talk about that more as we move forward, mm -hmm. okay? So now there is a difference between prophecy and the office or the, the gift, the ministry operation of the prophet, mm -hmm. Does that make sense? And so let's talk about the specific and, and, and I mean the general and the specific. Here's the general side. Can and should every believer prophesy? Yes. Are we sure? Yes. yes. Your, how do you know? Corinthians. What does he say in Corinthians? He says everybody is able to prophesy, but not all are prophets. What? Yeah, you're right. So we just read it in 1 Corinthians, back over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 where we started. 1 Corinthians 14. And here Paul says, pursue love. I love what the Amplified Bible says. It says, make love your great quest in life. I love that translation. And really it's God's love for you. Right? 
It's more about make how much God loves you and living in his love for you. Mm-hmm. Make his love for you your great quest in life. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's so awesome. Yeah. Amen. And desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you would prophesy. So here God says of all the spiritual gifts, there's one that we should desire most and it is prophecy. Right, And I love that word desire. Literally, it's the Strong's word that is used for envy and jealousy in the negative. Mm. So he's not saying kind of desire it. <laughs> right? He's saying desi- like you would be jealous or envious. Have you ever envied, yeah, have you ever envied somebody for something? Mm-hmm. They got the doodad you want, right? <laughs> Come on now. You know, whatever that doodad is, they got the, the thing, right? <laughs> Huh? It's for daddy, it's me, it's fishing gear. You know, so-and-so, they've, they've got that. Selena's at sports cars, right? They've got the Tesla, right? You yes. see, they've got the Tesla, right? They're there, you know, and they see, and they have all this stuff. And you look, and you can be like, ah, oh, ah, oh, I want that. God says, do that with prophecy. I love that. Right? Be envious, be jealous for, have a desire, a strong desire for prophecy. Right now then, so what's the next question then? Not on the sheet, just in logic. What would be the next question? If we're to desire prophecy. How do I get it? How do you get it? How do you apply it? How do you apply it? Huh? How about what is it, right? I mean, the, 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 the next logical question is, okay, well, if I'm supposed to want this, what is it? Right? I, I first have to define what it is so I know how to apply it. And I know, what's your other one, your question, how to, how to, apply, it. How to apply it. Both said how to apply it. Okay, gotcha. I missed so, it. How do you get it? How do you get it? How do you apply it? Perfect. So, how do you not be a creepy Christian with it? That's another great question. Okay, so, well, let's talk. Well, let's talk. So, Paul answers us a couple of verses down in verse 3. He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort. So at a baseline level, the definition of New Testament prophecy is edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's all prophecy is, right? Edification, it builds us up. Exhortation. It is the, this word exhortation is unique in the Greek language. It's, it's that encouraging word. It's that, hey, you're doing a good job. That would be exhortation. But a little bit further, New Testament exhortation is, hey, you're doing a good job, and I'm going to come alongside and help you do even better. Mm-hmm. It's a very active. Because, you know, we all have that in church world. Hey, God bless you, Savannah. That's awesome. You know, be warmed and filled. You go, girl. <laughs> you go, girl. Yeah. You know, that's real exhortation is, is, is I see something, I exhort something and I commit to come alongside and blow on that or move that forward. That's New Testament exhortation, right? Then there's obviously comfort and comfort is just comfort. So how do you not be a creepy Christian? 
is prophecy will fall in one of these three things or a mixture of it all. It'll be edifying, it'll be exhorting, and it'll be comforting. What, what's creepy about that? Right. Normally we get exactly where we get creepy is in our mistakenness of the delivery. Mm -hmm. Right. And we creep people out. Right. But at a baseline, all prophecy is, is edification, exhortation and comfort. That's what it is. Now, let's jump down. It says he in verse four, he that speaks in a tongue edifies himself. We talked about that just a little while ago. But he who prophesies edifies. And there's that same word charges up like a, plugging in the battery and of the dynamo the church mm. so why does god want us to desire to prophesy because it charges people up that's awesome right it plugs in from your spirit into people and it edifies people it charges them up it raises them up a level right I wish that you all spoke in tongues, he says in verse 5, but I even more wish that you prophesied. Mm. For he who prophesies is greater than someone who speaks in tongues, unless, indeed, that person interprets the tongue so that the church can be edified. Mm. Now here, God, God is not saying do away with tongues, and we may have to talk about some of that. He's just saying when it comes to application, it's better that I give a word in English that is edifying to all than 10,000 words and tongues that no one understands. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Right now, here's the difference. Here's another thing for prophecy. And this is why now back to tongues a little bit, why tongues and prophecy are connected together is because, you know, I'll pick on Kevin. If I say, Kevin, I'm about to give a word in another tongue. I'm going to do the tongue part and you're going to interpret. All right, you ready? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of us got the easier end of the stick? I did, right? <laughs> I got the easier end of the stick because I can just go blah, 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 Honda, 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 Shundai, who tied my bow tie, all that kind of stuff, right? I can throw all of, you know, I can throw all that out and throw it back over to Kevin because it's easy to speak in tongues. Everybody say it's easy to speak in tongues. But here's why it's easy to speak in tongues. God is getting you ready for a divine utterance in a human language. Right, because all prophecy is, is prophecy is a divine utterance yeah. in a known language. Yes. Yeah. All tongues is, is a divine utterance in an unknown language. Yeah. But they're exactly the same. The more you speak in tongues, you're actually practicing prophesying. Yeah. 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 You're practicing listening to the voice of the Spirit, uttering what comes from the Spirit out of your mouth, and getting your brain and your mouth used to being yielded to what you hear the Spirit say. Right? And He's setting you up so that you can do the greater thing, which is do that in a known language. Whether that's English, for us it's Spanish, you may know another language. But God desires that you prophesy. Does that make sense? So every believer can prophesy. Every believer should desire to prophesy should long to prophesy. That just set me free because I've always thought, I, you know, strong personality people like me, uh, if we ever need encouragement, then we feel needy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But if, but, and then, you know, we're hard on ourselves. But if, if he said that we need to desire to prophesy mm -hmm. so that the church can be edified, 
then it's his desire for there to be continual mm-hmm. edification, continual comfort, continual exhortation, mm-hmm. continual, continual, continual. Because we need mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. it's not because we're needy. That's right. yeah. But we have a... How much negativity is in the world and how much mm-hmm. other stuff you're hearing all the time. All the That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, amen. That's good. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. So I hope again, and I want to speak that to us as a church family, let us desire to prophesy. Mm-hmm. Let us hunger. And, and, and this is twofold. I want to just see it here. Mm-hmm. I don't care who, which one of us says it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just so I, mean, I just want to see it. And, everybody say and. and. I do want to participate. <laughs> so it's not that I want to be excluded. Right? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, as we talk about desiring it, there should be a corporate desire in us that we just want to see prophecy and manifestation mm-hmm. because we should desire prophecy. Amen. Yeah. But also like little kids, but I want to play with a Play-Doh. Yes. Right? I want to, my, yeah, share. I, I, I want to squish yeah. some. I want to I do try. that. <laughs> right? Because right, yes. it's like when yes. we were kids, we all remember that. Yes. The toy came around and you're standing there and everybody else is having a good time. And you're standing on the outside. I want to play. Right? So let us all desire to play in it and with it. Yeah. But more than that, let's just desire that it be present. Yes. Let us hunger for yes. prophecy. Let us that. long to see it come. Amen. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Now, what about then the gift, the ministry gift of the prophet? So if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 again, back up to the left a little bit. And here Paul is talking about the body and that we're different members of one another. And I'm just going to read you through these questions again and you please answer them. Even though there's no answer in scripture, you just give me the obvious answer. So Paul says in verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these to be in the church. First of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Then he says this, are all apostles? No. No. Right? Are all prophets? No. Do you see this distinction? Yeah. Are all teachers? No. We might say pastors. No. Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? No. Right? Do all speak with tongues? Not like that. Mm-hmm. Do all interpret? No. So you see this, he's identifying now there are specificnesses to this. These are giftings and operations. But like we just said, should we all prophesy? Yes. Should we all desire to prophesy? Yes. Can we all prophesy? Yes. But it doesn't mean everyone's a prophet. Yeah. So we have to identify what is the ministry gift office, if you will, position of the prophet. Go to um, Acts, the 21st chapter. Very good. Well, again, that's going to come back to your heart and you're, you're going to know. Uh, now, how do we know if something is from God when it comes to prophecy, whether that's prophecy given generally by any person in the church or whether that's a prophecy given by someone who might actually be a ministry gift of a prophet? Number one, in highest priority, it won't leave the boundaries of the Bible. 
It will not. So how do I know someone is saying something to me? How do I begin to fact check it? A, can I find it in here? Right? If I can find it in the Bible, I'm at a good, everybody says, I'm at a good starting place. Good starting place. Find it in the Bible as in uh, it's, it's posture, correct? Yes, absolutely, yeah. So remember, um, the Bible is more descriptive than it is prescriptive. The Bible describes more than it prescribes. It paints pictures of who God is and who we are, what the work of Jesus is and what it did inside of us. It's a, it's a big painting and a description of the canvas of the kingdom, right, and what that is. And so what you do is, is, is you look at it and go, would what I heard fit? Let, let's, let's pick it like this, you know, because this, I think this will be an okay exercise. So somebody comes, I'll pick on Miss Savannah, Ibahabahaba Shobahaba, right? <laughs> You're going to go to Africa. Yeah. Thus saith the Lord. You're going to go to Africa. So we start. Could we find that concept in Scripture? The scripture to go. Yeah. Go ye into all the world. Mm-hmm. So someone coming up and saying, Savannah, you're going to go to Africa. You might say, okay, yeah, God wants people to go to Africa. That's in there. That's not out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, the big question is, is God want me to go to Africa? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that now comes down to your own relationship with God and your heart and your conscience. Mm -hmm. Maybe God's been dealing with Savannah. Mm -hmm. She's been praying. She's been sensing a nudge towards Africa. Mm -hmm. She's been sensing something happening, and it's been in her own time. And then I show up and go, hey, I just feel like, does this mean anything? And it would bear witness with. But if I show up and I go, I just think God's saying, you know, Africa. Right, and she's like going, yeah, no, Africa ain't there. Now England, maybe it's a. Okay, cool. There you go. I mean, so, <laughs> and, and so, but but does that make sense? I always pick it because everybody thinks about going to the deepest, darkest Africa, right? I don't know why we pick on Africa as a as a continent, but it's God don't send me to Africa, but it's um, this kind of. Stuff. But it would bear witness. It would be confirming. If it's not confirming with what you already know. You've got one of two things you can do with it. Pitch it or shelf it. Mm, yeah. Pitch it out or shelf it. Right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And again, so back to you, how do you know? You, you don't, you'll know in your heart, your heart is the desire to edify, exhort, and to comfort. That's my heart. I'm going to take a step. I'm going to swing for the fence. I'm going to say what I sense the Spirit of God saying. But I'm going to come at it very humbly so again, just to teach a little bit here, like whenever I've had, I now, that I know of, I am not a prophet in the office sense, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I have had times where there has been prophecy present because I desire to see it for all that we're talking about. But what I do in that kind of stuff, if that was, that was genuine, because I was playing with Savannah, if that was genuine, I would say, hey, Savannah, can I talk with you for a minute? Hey, listen, as we're, I was praying, I was thinking about you, this came to mind. Now, please know I, I could miss it. And I could be wrong, but I just keep sensing and you tell me, and then I tell them whatever I feel like God says, right? I always come up to sit there and say, I could make a mistake. I'm now I'm, I want you to know I'm trying mm-hmm. and I almost, I've heard one, but I'm going to ask you to forgive me in advance if I'm wrong. <laughs> and if I'm wrong, just chalk it up to Brad was swinging for the fence and he struck out, <laughs> right? <laughs> I just swing it and I missed. 
right? Mm -hmm. does, that, does that make sense? Yes. And, does that mean that it did not come from the Lord? It possibly, absolutely. Could very well mean that. It would be more prone to come from a soulish, uh, not necessarily a bad motive. Yeah, but not necessarily. Something that has been dwelling in the soul that could have been dug up from a different, a different Could be, motive, yeah. Not a different motive, a different, yeah. Yeah. Complaints, yeah. Again, again, you could, I always sit there and say, I always start, I have found, and again, now this is Bradology, okay? I have found it most practical that I always start with I could be wrong, right? Because it takes the creepy out. Because when I step up and I go, bless the Lord, thus saith God of heaven, da 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 and I drop the God card. You ever had somebody drop the God card on you? Yes. Right, you're talking to them and they, they, they trump everything. Well, Kevin, God said. Well, what am I going to say then? No, Kevin, you're a liar, right? <laughs> You know, I mean? <laughs> you know, you're just, you know, I, I'm real sparing with the God card because once I stick the God card out there and drop it, I have to be right. Right. I have to be accurate. Does that make sense? Because people will pick it up and they'll run with it. You'll, we've seen more people damaged because they come up and say, the, I mean, we saw it. Thus saith the Lord, you're supposed to marry so-and-so. Right? And people go, well, God said. I'm supposed to marry so-and-so. And we've been there, right? Sometimes they're not. Emotions are bad, but your emotions are there, mm -hmm. and our and that's when we have to, which is so great that we we talk about this. We have to use the wisdom of it, yep. because a lot of people don't use wisdom. Yeah, you know, and like we're giving a lot of examples. Um, I've, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen in the youth service some dudes that are standing on the stage and speak to a young boy or young girl. You know, your mate is in this room. Mm -hmm. Well, that young boy or young girl has his eyes or her eyes on another person in that room and automatically think, that's, that's my him. mate and everything. Yeah. And then, you know, guess what? Broken hearts abound in young people. Yeah. You know, and I just sit there and cringe because I'm sitting there thinking, don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And then personal one time, I was in a meeting and 
uh, guest minister was there, and I felt like I had a word for him concerning a, a financial situation or, or, or property or, or something he was he you know might be doing. So I went to my pastor, and I said, hey, you know, I didn't know this dude. I didn't know that the gift factor. So I thought, okay, I'm not going to go up to this guy. I'm chicken. I'm not going to go up to this So I went and said, hey, look, I think I got a word for him. And he said, uh, the pastor said, okay, what's the word? And I told him. So I, I let it go then. So a little bit later, Pastor Moore said, he goes, he goes, I told him that word. He said, he don't have anything going on. If I had stepped up without doing that, I would have made him. Uh, yeah, because he had absolutely nothing going on. No. Well, man, well, and here's the thing. Now, because I'd rather us try. Yes. I would rather us swing for the fence and try than do nothing. And so, what we're talking about, what I want to encourage us with, it's how you do that. Yes. Now, it's how you move forward in that. And again. Y'all know my very simplistic uh, formula for interaction with God, right? There's God plus Brad equals the will of God in Scripture, yeah. right? And you can put yourself in that same equation, right? God plus Audra equals what we see in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Y'all look at me kind of funny, right? Everybody wants to live the Bible, right? Yeah. I mean, so in that little equation, the God part fairly perfect part of the equation, right? Uh-huh. Wouldn't y'all say it's a pretty perfect part? Yeah. You know, not a lot of mistakes going on on the God, fairly, fairly, right? Right, the, the, the will of God in here, perfect. that's fairly perfect part, right? So what part of the, what variable in the equation is most likely to have the greater amount of errors within it? <laughs> the Brad part. The Brad part is gonna have the greatest amount of errors. So I, I, I don't let that limit me, yeah. but I'm just aware that I can make mistakes. Yeah. And because, and, and like Caleb was saying, how do I know? Because I care for you, I'm not afraid, but I am cautious. Mm-hmm. I'm not nervous, but I am aware I, that when we cross into this, that I'm, I'm wanting to bring edification, <laughs> exhortation, and comfort. We're all aware of we are doing what we need to do, which is speak on behalf of God. So there should be a weightiness in our hearts about, God, I want to make sure I'm accurate. Yeah. I don't want to be afraid and let that cause me to do nothing and keep me mm-hmm. crippled that way. Yeah. Right? I've had somebody say something to me that didn't make sense, but it prepared me for something that was happening. That that, and, that, and that, because of that, I was stronger. And it can be, yeah. Well, and again, I want to do this as we do here. This is something I learned. Uh, was it from Sean Bowles? We learned about stewarding word. words that you give. Being accountable. Being accountable. When you step up and you're going to say something over somebody's life, mm-hmm. right? I want us to have the heart to say, I'm going to walk with that word. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to, not that I'm going to try to make it happen. But I'm not going to go what so many people do. And I, you want to know the pet peeve that makes Brad, as a pastor, it rubs my cat backwards. Is when you have somebody come in, a guest minister comes in and goes, well, I'm just going to come up here and say what I need to say and the pastor will fix it. When that happens, literally, I'm like, I'm up. I'm, give me the mic. <laughs> You're done. I'll take, I'll take over from right here. Right, because if you're just going to show up and blow up, then you're dangerous. Right? I wouldn't let that happen in my family. We wouldn't let that happen in our family. And so we need to have the heart of if I'm going to show up and I'm going to speak 
as an oracle of God into people's lives. I need to have the faithfulness and the courage that I'm going to stay there while this walks out. How can you determine mm-hmm. when God gives you warnings? In what sense? He gives you warning to people, to give to people. Well, I mean, when he gives us warnings, you need to, I'm always on that kind of, you give them. You share them. Unless he just. That's probably pretty safe, Miss Eloise. I, I'm with, I'm, I, I'm also one that I loop around to stuff for a while. Like I, I loop around and if it doesn't go away, if it just keeps coming back and I can't shake it, then I'll, I'll go with it. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about warnings, again, that's part of the exhortation piece. Mm-hmm. And comfort. Right. And then I'm get, so share, your, share those warnings unless God tells you not to. Mm-hmm. But yet I would say yeah, I would have to know that I know that God said no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to do that. Does that make sense? Yes. That's yeah. right. So that way it kind of covers. That's right. It covers the, hey, why I blew it, like, or right. why I ate bad pizza or something, like, yeah, you know, yeah. that can happen. But so many times, I think the reason we don't share is maybe, at least I'm really, I'm really hesitant to share things because I'm like, well, if I don't have, especially if I don't have a relationship, because you're like, well, they can assume, like, you know, this is wrong. Like, but sometimes you have to go out, I think, by putting that disclaimer in the front, and as you get to know people, because I think you shared with me one time, like, it's almost easier to give a word to a stranger than yes. to give a word to somebody you know. Yes. Because those people are, are going to see. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, the most powerful words for me have come from people that I know. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. To have that, be able to have the friendship to, like, walk it out. Yeah. Friendship to know that, like, well... We're all seeking what's best, and if it's wrong, that's why we're, I mean, we're doing it here to practice, so to speak, for somebody you don't yep. know. That's right. That makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, if you don't assume the best, I, we all have to assume the best. That's right. Okay. Love believes the best of every person. That's the be- I think that's the basis. That's probably why it's the most excellent way. Yes. He talks about all the, after he talks about all the gifts, like, if you don't have that. That's right. You can I mean, prophesy. And it makes you wonder what would watch us. If you're having all this stuff, like, do I to ask a question of do I trust the people? That mm-hmm. Or do I need to build trust if I don't assume the best about you? That's right. Yeah. That's not necessarily the other person's problem. That's yeah. actually kind of your problem, but yeah. that's a different story. Well, again, and a lot of that stuff is is relational dynamic stuff mm-hmm. that we want to do. Mm-hmm. We want to be because we love, again, like you said, Audra, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, they go together. And I call them, they're the Holy Ghost sandwich. Mm-hmm. Those three chapters make up the Holy Ghost sandwich. Chapter 12 is a piece of bread. Chapter 13 is the meat in the sandwich. 
It's the love of God. And then chapter 14 is the other piece of bread. So everything is centered around we love people. What is our motivation for all of this stuff? Is I love and I care for people. I want to see people excelled. I want to see people grow. I want to see I want people. To connect people to God's loving heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is our motivation in all of this. That's why I said in that first, if I can, if I have all these prophecies and I do all this stuff, but there is no love, it profits me nothing. Right? So love is always the core, core reason, the core heart behind our desire for this stuff. That's why it says in first chapter 14, verse one, make love your great quest in life. Then desire the spiritual gifts, but especially that you would prophesy. Does that mean? Yeah, play a game, baby. That's fine. I think Kevin was trying to get it cool. Is it cooler out there? Yeah. Is it a lot cooler? Yeah, this AC over here. All right, well, let's look at this. Acts chapter 12. Everybody okay? All right, again, you'll get more out of this, right? The more you talk, the more you converse. This is discipleship. All right. So look at this. Acts chapter 21. Very famous little thing here. And I'm going to pick up in verse 8, and it says, So on the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip, who was the evangelist. And we'll talk about him some next week. Who was one of the seven, and we stayed with him. Verse 9. Now this man, talking about Philip, this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. Now notice, he didn't say they were prophets. It said they prophesied. So Philip's daughters weren't necessarily prophets. They just were operating in prophecy. But it goes on down here and it says, and as we, and it says, and as we stayed many days, it says a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Now here Agabus was identified as a prophet. So this is one of the unique little stories inside the New Testament that gives us some delineation with this. Here are four Christian young women who, mm-hmm. they were just prophesying like we all can. Mm-hmm. But Agabus came down and he was apparently identified as, oh, there was a certain prophet. Mm-hmm. His name is Agabus mm-hmm. and he operates in this office of the prophet. And he's the one that says, and when he had come in verse 11, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet and said, thus says the Holy Spirit. So now notice this. Who was Agabus speaking for? The Holy Spirit. Very, the difference in just simple prophecy and being a prophet is the prophet stands up and he knows I am speaking of and by and for the Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, the Trinity, right? So this is not Agabus just giving a simple prophecy. This is Agabus saying, He's dropping the God card, right? He's saying, I now, thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man, oh, where'd it go, who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Mm. Now notice this about Agabus's prophetic utterance here. A, he gave no instruction. This is where we miss it. How many of you heard somebody say, Oh, Agabus told Paul not to go. We've heard it. We've heard it. And I've heard preachers preach it. 
And see, Paul missed it because Agabus came and told Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. That's not at all what Agabus said. Agabus was just telling Paul what he saw by the Holy Spirit. Hey, this is what's going to happen to the man who owns this belt. He'll be bound in Jerusalem by the Jews and he'll be handed over to the Gentiles. This is what's going to happen. And he, and he left it right there. He didn't give any instruction. He didn't say go or don't go. He didn't try to put a spin of interpretation on it. He simply declared what he saw. Huh? <laughs> well, see. And, and, here's the, and here's the correct question. Now, later, and I'd have to find it later in the book of Acts, when Paul is on that boat because he was bound, Right? Then Jesus shows up and says, Paul, don't be afraid. Just as has you had to speak in Jerusalem, now you have to speak in Rome. Mm-hmm. Right? It kind of leads it to me that if Paul had missed it, God would have showed up and said, well, a fine yeah. pickle you got to send, Paul. <laughs> right? <laughs> there would have been a little bit more. But Jesus showed up and said, hey, don't worry about this. this, is, this is, it's, a, it's a speed bump in the road of life. He was just telling him what he saw. That's all he was doing. Right? It's the brethren that were pleading with him not to go because of what they heard. But that's ex- that was them putting interpretation. Yeah, later, because that's what the exact word it says. And now when those who heard these things, both we and those from that place, pleaded with Paul not to go to Jerusalem. So the people hear this and the people go, don't go, Paul. And that's when Paul says, well, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but I'm ready to die. For the name of the Lord Jesus. Right? So when he would not be persuaded, we ceased saying, the will of the Lord be done. Right? And they just kind of said, okay, Paul's going. Here we go. So it's interesting. So I want us to note this again. When you look at the office of the prophet, what does the prophet do? The prophet says what he sees. But here's the thing. The office, people who operate as a prophet, they are seers. They see things. They drop the package off. Yes, that's exactly. And that's what you have to do. You, you have to, you're not attached to the package. Mm-hmm. You just drop it off. And you let that package be to that person yes. what it is to them. Yes. You don't get hung up in that. And, and that's why I tell people, when you prophesy to someone, what do you have to do with this? All you do is you move in as you hear from the Lord and you move in that situation and you say what God what God told you to say or the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and put that package there mm-hmm. and you walk away. Yeah. Whether you physically put it there with your hands or you verbally put it there with your mouth to that person and you walk away from it. If they have questions, they can come back later. Yeah. But the situation being is if you don't drop it off, then what happens? That may be another 30 years before that gets dropped off again. Yeah. Or we, or we had 30 years. Yeah. Or do we have to go another... Yeah, go around the mountain. Yeah. It's important to hear those prophecies. And, and oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Every prophecy is for a point in time that we live in now. Absolutely. No, and again, that's a, it's important that we prophesy. It's important that's, and again, that's what I talk about, it's, it's how we do it, and then it's how it's brought about, how we steward it, right? Again, I don't control people and what they do with it, right? I, I always I, take in mind when I'm preaching, I'm not 
when God gives me a word, it will burn, and, and I've learned how. how mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I know it's God. Yeah. And I, I used to take it, and I'd roll it around for a couple of days. But when God tells me something, it don't matter if it's about money, healing, I don't care what it's about. I know Him now. Yes. And I'm going to be quick. Absolutely. To do it. Quick to respond. Yeah, because I have done it and sit there and I do it one more time. One more time. And you sit there and you say, I have one loud enough. I must have And then you sit there and church is on me like, God, Lord, I missed that. Yeah. And you go home for three days, you're like, oh, I missed that. Yeah. But now I, I feel it. It's like, that's right. And and then we'll get home and something will happen. This day said, "How did you know when to do that?" Or how did I said, "When it's like that, yeah. um, I'm just the UPS man. Yeah. I get off the truck, walk up." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and what you're saying, brother, brother Jamie, is after a while, you know, in the book of Hebrews, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. It says, "We, by reason of use, discern whether things are good or evil." Right. And there comes some of this. That's what I'm saying. For some of us, if if you're not familiar with it, if it's not something that's common with you, you'll get familiar with it. So jump in and try. That's why, that's why I try to sit there and say, when you're first starting, I come in and I endeavor to be humble. I'm trying. Yeah. And it also helps, like with what Sophia was saying, it helps drop the creepy walls down. Well, I don't call right. Oh, no, no. I used to go to people and I was like, hey, buddy, look, I know it's about me creepy, and I'm going to apologize before I do it. But I want to apologize before I do it because that starts making me doubt myself. Oh, okay, I can see that. So what I do is I, I just say, look, Here's what God told me to tell you. Boom. Shock the locker and I go back to my seat. Yeah. And four or five weeks later or two days later, they'll come and say, man, I'm right. But it's not to me to know. I may never know. Yeah. But I, it, it ain't in me to want or need to know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's their personal experience. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to father that. I'm not going to sit on that egg to the hatches. <laughs> It's not, that's what people miss it so much for is they think it's about you. Yeah, no, it's not about you. I agree. It's not about the person who's delivering it. That's right. It's about the person who's opening it up. And it's what it is to them and how, and how God ministers to those people. You're just a tool that God used amongst his whole toolbox. And, and, and having to give the prophecy is a really, it is, I see why it's the, in there three times because it's the most dangerous gift mm-hmm. in there. It can be, absolutely. Because if you misconstrue it, you can lead people in the wrong way. Absolutely. Way. I tell you, exercise this with, with God. Try it. And the Bible says, prove me now here with. Check me out and prove sick if I'm not. That's right. Who I said I am to you. Prove me. We can do that in anything else. We can do it with our money. We can do it with our prophecy. Anything that you're not sure of, God, check him out. Yes. If he's not, don't give you. Because he'll give you the same word three different times, three different ways in the same service. Trust me, I've sat on the back row and went, oh, Lord, don't do it again. Don't do it again. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, you got to do this. Now I'm like, oh, Lord. Yeah. And I, you know, I get up and the first four, five, six times, it's like, oh, my Lord, 
what's this going to look like? This is wrong. You know, and oh my Lord, I'd walk all the way to the front row. I go, oh my Lord, he's going to slap me or somebody's going to scream. Because the devil was in the hotel, he's just right here behind you. And the minute you, you do this, I yeah. get cool bucket of water hits you and then it's like, yeah. that's exactly, and it unlocks the whole service. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's not for you. Mm-mm. Well, and that's, you know, Brother Jimmy, you say that. Remember, all the gifts, whatever, or their prophecy, even this, every gift, every ministry gift has nothing to do with you. Every ministry gift is for the person it was given to. Right. It, and so even, you know, the gift that I hold to pastor is nothing to do with me. It's your gift. All I get to do is I'm stewarding your gift. Right, by delivering it, right, by being connected to it, right. And I, and I agree with you, and even when you hear me say, when I say follow and steward up words that you give, you're not, saying, you're not trying to make them come to pass. You're just going to stay present in people's lives as it comes to pass. As a sign of accountability, too, I yeah. think, because it can be dangerous when people just drop it off and have zero responsibility whatsoever to follow up and say, did that bear witness with you? Yeah. Do you feel like that was right on or, or no, yeah. or, you know, because then that's the only way we, with that kind of feedback can, can grow, yeah. you know, yeah. but it's more a responsibility thing for our own growth, I yeah. would say, and accountability rather than, um, us trying to help them, yeah. you know, no, that is up to them completely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what the... to us. like, I know you've sat in a congregation or heard somebody speak and they'll say something like, I don't know if I want to take that from you because I'm saying, <laughs> you know, I mean, you've seen that person outside of church now feel a lot different a little bit about something now than I did 15 years ago. Because, you know, <laughs> things like, grace. Yeah, grace. Grace. Yeah. <laughs> because of grace. Because Yeah. Yes. The, what the, the scripture that you're thinking of says this. So as it's directed to me and my gifting as a pastor teacher, and it says those of us who teach need to be cautious because we will be held higher in accountability because we're teaching. Leading. We're leading. Mm-hmm. And so it's never on the congregation side, but it is on here. So it's like this. It's... Um, Whenever you stick your hand up mm-hmm. and say, Lord, I would love to serve your people and I would love to lead mm-hmm. because I think you should desire leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's one thing that's also needing to be desired and that is a desire to lead. Yes, right. And so there's a lack of leadership in our world as a whole, but also within the church, there's a lack of leadership. But whenever someone sticks their hands up and say, Lord, because and the reason I say that to just back it up from a scriptural perspective is in First Timothy chapter three, verse one, 
Paul said, those who desire the office of a pastor, they desire a good work. Notice he did that. It's the same word we just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It doesn't say those who were called to be a pastor. (laughs) It doesn't say that. (laughs) It says those who want to be a pastor, they desire a good work. Right? So God wants people to desire to lead. Mm -hmm. It's not sinful, evil, or wicked to desire to lead. It actually is something we should desire because scripture says those who desire. There's many of them, but that's how we sell it though, isn't it, Savannah? You would know I'm a real good pastor when I stand up and say, you know, I never wanted to be a pastor. That's how you know I'm really called to be a pastor is because I never wanted to be a pastor. I didn't ask to be a pastor. God had to drag me kicking and screaming from somewhere else and put me over here. Well, I I don't know if I call it false humility. I just call it um, stupid. (laughs) And and the reason why is is because um, if I could do anything is we got to quit thinking that God is the God of opposite world. Yes. Opposite world. Opposite world. What does that mean? Well, what do we We say it like this. Back to Africa. What's the word that you're saying? World. Opposite world. 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 Sorry. Why are you saying like wart? No, not wart. (laughs) That's opposite. That's Alabama. That's right. So the opposite world. Sorry. Opposite world. So here's here's what it is. Because we sit there and say things like, don't ever say you don't want to go to Africa. Why? Because that's exactly where God's going to send you. He's going to send you to Africa. Right? And, and, And there's a real push in the church world that they think that's the way God operates because ministers stand up and we repeatedly say things like I didn't want to do this and God made me I didn't want to do this and God brought me over here and it and it (laughs) nope and so (laughs) so but and so but here's the thing when when you when you make God your delight, right? When God is your delight, then you can trust the desires of your heart. I want you to hear me real well because that set me free. It's one of the truths that set me free. Is when I finally read that verse and realized, oh, the, the question isn't God, is this me or is this you? The question is, am I delighting in my father? If I can say, yes, God is my delight, then that verse says you can trust the desire of your heart because he put it there. But it's still your desire. Mm-hmm. You want to. Yes. Right? So maybe I, I could say as a preacher, I was rebellious and I was running and I didn't want to yield. But when I finally let God be my delight, he brought me to the desire of my heart. That's a better way to say it than we do. Right? Because what we say to people is, is he's the God of opposite world. You know it's God when you don't want it. Want it. When I was in Tulsa, I wanted to teach. And I was talking to a friend and she was like, well, do you want to say something? And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm not telling anybody that. <laughs> so she told yeah. Tim. Mm-hmm. Tim asked me to go to coffee. He was like, so, I heard a rumor. <laughs> I was like, yeah. He goes, do you want it? I was like, well, he's like, 
Well, it's a yes or no question. Yeah. <laughs> so I get this all on. And I said yes, but it was just, you know, you have that weird thing. You don't want to tell somebody what you are thinking you want because that means that you're some horrible yeah. person for wanting, wanting it. something. Wanting the desires and, of God. Freaks, I mean, it's, I, yeah, it was just interesting because just now the more I learned about it, like just, we need to set people free to say, like, if you hear something, you can say, if you heard Kevin say something, like, I want to, I don't know, do something. Like, and, and, All right, good. <laughs> um, but you say that, and you go, hey, like, I heard, and he was like, well, I don't want to say anything to him, but like, we should, hey, I heard, you want to do it? Like, there's, that's an honest. Yes. If you hear it, even when you're in the gifts, if we're, if we're wanting to, to see all these things happening and call it out of each other, mm-hmm. and but you're afraid to say you want something, it's going to be yes. hard for somebody to identify you as whatever gifting because you're like, oh, I don't want to say yeah. that. Well, and what I want to encourage you with is God, even if we talk about prophecy like this, God wants you to want it. Yeah. Just the reality that God. God has pleasure when you desire these things. It pleases God when you desire the things that he desires. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. And, and that's not evil or wicked. That's actually godly. Yeah. When you want, I want this. Right? So, so now real quick for, for, for the hour. So it's interesting here, and I want to define two things that will help. Um, because the office of the prophet, and I learned this, and you can read this if you want to. There's a great book. It's in the office in there. Brother Hagen taught us this book years ago. Uh, I, again, he taught me, and there's a ton of stuff that he says is just still so awesome. And some of this is with that because he genuinely was a prophet that I, that I, I know. I, and I just know him from a distance. I traveled with the man. I ate crawfish with the man. He's, you know... I know him. <laughs> right? This is this is not you know. This is a little bit different. It, it's real. So I, I have a whole lot more trust here because I know him. Right? There's other people, and again, I know you guys come from Bethel. I don't know Bill Johnson. Besides, I've heard messages. So far, so good. But I don't know him. Right? So there's not a distrust, but there is a distance. Right? But I like what Brother Hagen said when he talked about the ministry gift of prophecy. The, the prophet will have at least two, if not more, of the three revelatory spiritual gifts present in his ministry. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, let me back up. The prophet is like the apostle and the pastor and the evangelist in that he is one of the primary auditory gifts. Mm-hmm. So the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, teacher, and the evangelist they're vocal. And so one of their primary things that they do is they publicly proclaim or teach the word of God. And they all share that in common, all of them, because they are equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Right. So they all have that. Right. So one of the prophets top things that he does, and that's, I agree with what brother Hagin said, if people are prophetic as a ministry gift, Work on your public ministry. Work on your own understanding of Scripture, your own teaching of Scripture, the preaching of Scripture, because your public ministry will carry you, and the prophetic part will just be carried on top of that. It sits on top of the preaching, 
right? Because the word of God is the foundation of everything, right? So prophet, so that's why if you start running with somebody and there's not a whole lot of Bible coming out of their mouth, I would have little bitty red lights going off, right? Like as a prophet, if I'm going to follow prophet so-and-so, and prophet so-and-so, I can sense there's not a whole lot of depth of scripture coming out of prophet so-and-so. I'm like, I just start, not that again, not that I pitch him out, but I just start going, whoa, 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 wait, because, because he's got to be carried on the word. This will last forever. This will not pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away. Prophecy, it says in 1 Corinthians 13, it will cease They'll come a day, but this word will remain forever, right? So prophets must build what they're doing on the word of God. But they will also have three, two or three of the three revelatory spiritual gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, or discerning of spirits. They will have those in operation inside of them. What we read here in Agabus's story is a good example to you of what is called a word of wisdom. A word of wisdom is a divine insight and seeing into things that will come. They are most all the time future, like what was done here with Agabus. So what Agabus did in his prophecy was he, the package he dropped off was a word of wisdom. Because he saw what was going to happen and dropped a word of wisdom. Your warnings that you see many times are words of wisdom. The Spirit of God giving you a... Huh? Exactly. So the word of knowledge, um, go to... um, Go back to Acts chapter 9. And I'll land the plane on this. Y'all have been so good lately. I've taught so long and y'all have been so gracious. Thank y'all very, very, very much. Um, Again, I'll jokingly say I know the heart can only receive what the backside can endure. And so I appreciate y'all... Absolutely. So here's an example. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, So here is an example of a word of knowledge. So we know famously Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus. He runs into Jesus, right? Uh, It's an interesting here because in Paul's conversion, this is also an example of um, the lowest type of vision or dream. Paul had a spiritual vision here. It says, if you remember, he comes, he, he's, he's knocked off his donkey onto his donkey. Uh, Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Uh, right? And it says that in that light that came around by it says, and the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the, st- the, the pricks. And he said, trembling and astonished, Lord, what would you have me to do? Arise, go into the city. You'll be told what you must do. Right. Then the men who journeyed with him stood speechless because they heard a voice, but they saw no one. Then Saul arose from the ground and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. So that means Paul twofold. A, he closed his eyes most likely when the blinding light came. We also know that he was blinded with scales in that light. So Paul actually did not see Jesus here. It was a vision, but he didn't see him. Right, it was a spiritual thing that was happening, 
right? It's a spiritual vision. It wasn't an open vision like John had as he opened the book of Revelation. When John was there in the Lord's day on the island of Patmos, right? And he heard a voice from behind him that spoke. And when John turned around and he saw, right? And he heard his physical. So an open vision is when your physical senses are still in operation and you see and you hear and you touch and all of that stuff. It's an open vision, right? Paul and Peter had what was called a trance, right? A trance is when your physical senses are suspended, but you have a vision, right? Then this one here is what's called a spiritual vision. It's, and please hear low, meaning not that it's bad. It's just the more common is what would be called here. What Paul had, it was a spiritual vision where he, to him, he heard it, but he didn't see anything. We probably all had something. I, I try to say that encouraging because we probably all had something like that happen in our life, right? I know God has done that a couple of times for me when I understood that. It was, I didn't see anything, and, and maybe if you were in the room, you, but I heard it. I heard him tell me that day, son, call your daddy now. And he arrested me because I hadn't talked to my dad in 10 years. And I called and found out he was dying, and then a month later he actually died. So God showed up in a spiritual vision to me and gave me instruction that saved me from years of regret. Does, does that make sense? It's these kind of things. So just a little bit of, but here it goes on and he journeys. So it says now in verse 10, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus whose name was Ananias. And to him, the Lord said in a vision, this is the same spiritual vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise, go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for the one who is called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. So Ananias said, Lord, have you not heard about, I've heard about this man and how he harmed your saints in Jerusalem, and that he has authority from the priests to do the same here. And the Lord said to him, Go, for he is my chosen vessel of mine to bear my name to the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, and I will show him how many things he will suffer for my name. So then Ananias went his way, entered the house, laid his hands on him, and said, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to you on the road has come and has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales. He received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. That is a word of knowledge. Mm-hmm. The Spirit gave Ananias a word of knowledge for the present now for Paul. Do you see the difference in those two? A word of wisdom typically is always pointing us to future things that are coming, right? Words of knowledge point to the present or to the past and give us detailed instructions. A street called straight, go to this house. That's exactly right. He did, it wasn't vague. Yeah, exactly. So I like to say, a word of knowledge isn't vague. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's so many people, I guess, trying to change it to make it more interesting. Maybe people are bored with it. My mother said that she heard a preacher say that eat the apple, or it wasn't apple, but people say apple. The fruit. The fruit was fruit. The fruit was sex. And you know. No, that's right. Well, well, we change stuff, but but uh, but the point here that I want to make that's there that we understand because. Prophecy, well, we talked about about prophecy, about edification, exhortation, and comfort. 
Prophecy may at times be vague. Did you hear me? Prophecy can still be prophecy. It can still be edification, exhortation, and comfort. And it may just be general. Hey, I'm coming and Brother Jamie, God tells me to tell you it's going to be okay. And it's vague. Mm-hmm. It still can be prophecy, edification, exhortation, and comfort. You what can. you really want, like a word of knowledge? Ask for one. And then all you get is like. Vague. And you're like. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry you're saying. helps me a little bit. <laughs> Detail. Well, here I see what you I see what you say. I misunderstood. So, if you're talking about to receive it, remember the gifts of the Spirit are as the Spirit wills. We can't pray them up. We can't force them up. We can't manipulate them up. We can't praise and worship them up. We can't do any of that stuff. They will show up as God desires. What we can do is desire them. So if you want to minister words of knowledge, go to God and desire them. Say, God, I I would love. I volunteer. Stick my hand up. I'd love to operate in this. Give me a shot. Now be ready for him to genuinely give you these opportunities, right? I mean, when we travel with Brother Hagin, again, we would take time. And and we may do this here tonight. I'll, I'll show you how we prayed. Right? Amen. We prayed out of Acts chapter 4. Right? That gifts of the Spirit would be in manifestation like never before. Guys, I I still pray that. God, let these things be seen and be known around me, through me, in me, connected to me. I I just want to see them. I just want to be there. Right? Because there's a move of God that will be lost unless we teach people. Right? And I'm endeavoring... As best as I know how to help teach us here. Does, does that make sense? So there's one side. Now when it's the other, again, uh, this is the danger. So you have Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You have a direct line with God. Now I've all been there. I've been there with you too. You know, I, I assume we've all been that way. We're going to some meeting and you kind of go, well, God, you know, if you'd like to kind of call me out, I'm open. You know, I'll, I'll take some, I'll, I'll, I'll take some, I'll take some stuff, but here's, here's. Yeah. Well, here's, here's, and again, so here's what I want to say as we land the plane is this, is remember things like these, these gifts of the spirit, they're wonderful. We desire them for others. We desire to demonstrate them as Jamie said, because they're, they're gifts for other people. We, we should get to a place where they're not requirements for me to make it right. I should not be living from miracle to miracle. Word to word, word of knowledge to word of knowledge. Ours, because we're children, is I live in my father's blessing. Mm -hmm. 
And I have the inner witness. I have, and I'm living in a current of the blessing of God for me. Right now, do I love them? Absolutely. And please hear me. I'm not poo-pooing them for me. But as we talk about this for the self, I don't need them. They're not a requirement for me to make it. Right? Now, I like them. They're fun. They're very confirming. They're like ice cream. Right? I I could eat a lot of it. Right? But I don't need it to live. Right? Because I have the indwelling of the Spirit within me. I have an unction, as we said already, from the Holy One. I know all things. He speaks to me and He bears witness with me. I've come to understand that this book right here is alive. It lives. It's literally a living thing. And when I open it, it is God speaking to me. Not figuratively, not analytically, not spiritually. Every time. And so I I do agree with it. If you need a word from God, open it. And he's talking fresh and hot today. Right out of here. Right? Yes. That's right. He'll, that, he'll, yeah, that's right. Turn the hot sign on. That's exactly. <laughs> now we're gonna go to Krispy Kreme. We should do one of those warriors. But your word. <laughs> so all right. So does that make so? Yeah. All right. So I gotta do this because of the time. So so the office of the prophet. He's a vocal gift. His primary function is he preaches the word of God directly. Right. He speaks, and those who operate in it. Well, he understands he speaks on behalf of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and our Father, right? He's, he speaks and he, he gives what he gives and he leaves instruction out of it. Here's what God said, right? He will typically, he or she will typically have two, if not all three of the revelatory gifts of the Spirit operating very commonly in his ministry, they will show up very often, right? Words of wisdom or words of knowledge or discerning of spirits. All of these are signs of a prophet. And they'll just come out of, out of that person. Does, does that make sense? Right? And I like this. And his primary purpose, and I love it. So the apostle we said before in 1 Corinthians 12, the apostle is the first. He's the one that breaks ground. He's the one that goes in. And begins to make the way. The prophet says he is second. He comes behind the apostle. And he gives clear, directive speech behind the gospel. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? So, so the apostle's moving forward. The apostle's breaking ground. He's bringing the good news of Christ either to a people group or to a place. Or he's bringing a specific message. And the, and the prophet comes in. That's why Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3 that the household of faith was built upon the doctrine of the apostles and the prophets. Wow. Right? So the, the church is built upon these two gifts, the apostle and the prophet. The church is built upon these, these, these ones. They're the cornerstones. But we know Jesus is the chief cornerstone, but they are cornerstones of the doctrine of the church, the apostle and the prophet. Right, They come in and the prophet comes in and he sees and he declares authoritatively with demonstration of the gifts of the Spirit in operation for clarity of instruction behind the gospel. And then next behind them comes us, comes me, comes the pastor, comes the teacher who then comes and dwells and lives among the people and takes the gospel that was preached in the front, 
the word that was declared by the spirit and power and brings it down and says, now this is how we apply it and live it where we are. It's an order of operations, right? And it moves through that kind of stuff. Does, does that make sense? So with that, Acts chapter four and dismissal. So Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus and Lord, thank you. Lord, I'm so grateful. So grateful for you. So grateful for everyone here. Lord, thank you. Genuinely, thank you for hungry, hungry hearts. Never take that for granted, Father. Thank you so very much. Mm. And so, Lord, now we just pray as our forefathers prayed. Now, they were going through a tough spot and that they were threatened. But, Lord, we pick up in their same heart. And, Lord, we begin and we say with one accord and one mind, Lord, you are God. And you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. Lord, it was you by the mouth of your servant David that said, Why have the nations raged and the people plotted vain things? That the kings of the earth have taken their stand and the rulers together with them against you and against your Christ. Lord, for truly your servant Jesus, whom you anointed, and both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, they gathered together and they did whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. So now, Lord, look on our hearts and, Lord, grant that your servants with all boldness, Lord, that we would speak your word. Amen. And Lord, that the stretching out of your hand, which we know is our hand to heal, that signs and wonders would be done in the name of your holy son, Jesus Christ. And Lord God, I pray that Lord, the gifts of the spirit here at Life of Faith North, Lord, that the gifts of the spirit would be in operation in a greater degree than we have personally seen before. Lord God, especially the revelatory gifts and the power gifts. Lord God, working of miracles and gifts of healings and special faith. Lord God, that words of wisdom for the future and words of knowledge for today. Lord, in a discerning of spiritual activity would be present. Lord, more than we've ever seen before. Lord God, we say, I say, Lord God, I'm hungry for it. Lord, I want it. Lord, I want to see it happen. Lord, I don't, I don't just... I'm good to watch it and celebrate, but Lord, I want to play in it. I want to dabble my, t I don't even want to, I want to jump in, Lord. I just want to get soaking, absolutely wet down to my undies in the river of your spirit in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord God, because it's time for where we're right here in this place that's had so much religion, that's had so much denominationalism. Lord, it's time for them to really know who you are. And Lord God, to, um, <laughs> amen, to, to, to run into <laughs> the book of Acts, to run into your presence. Hallelujah. Lord, we, we, we don't ask this so that we can be seen as anything special. Lord God, we just ask it so that they can see you and that they can know you. And Lord God, that they would know that you're real. And that you know right where they are and you see them and you know them and you're for them in Jesus' name. And if you desire that at all, just say amen. amen.